Well, good morning and welcome to First Church. We are so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Andrew. I am the lead pastor here at First Church. We are so grateful to share life together with you today. We welcome all of you to the second week of our sermon series called Let Go. If you would, everyone together, what are we going to do? We are going to let go. Why are we going to let go? Because our key thought for the series says this. What I am willing to release determines what I'm able to receive. What I'm willing to release determines what I'm able to receive. See, what happens so often in our lives is that God has blessings in store for us. He has promises beyond what we could possibly imagine. And he'd love to pour them out among us, except that our hands are so full, our hearts are so heavy, our spirits are so occupied, our minds are so filled up with the things of this world that we can't receive the blessings of God because they're filled with the things of this world. And what God teaches us is that what you're willing to release determines what you are able then to receive. So what are we going to let go? If you were with us last week, we learned that we have to let go of my need for control. If you would, say it with me, my need for control. And if you don't want to say that because you like to be in control, go back and listen to last week's podcast, all right? God will set you free of your need for control. This week, we talk about my root of bitterness. Say it together, my root of bitterness. Next week, week three, is going to be the most important message in the series as we look together at how we let go of my struggle with shame. My struggle with shame. How do I let go of my past? How do I let go of my decisions? How do I let go of the sins and the consequences of all these things that I have done? How do I let go my struggle with shame? And then finally, week four, we wrap up by letting go of my right to myself. Say it with me, my right to myself. Why are we going to do all this? Because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we have our key verse for the series. And this is what the author says. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, he says, let us, say it with me, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that does what? So easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. What's the author say? He says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Last week, we learned that this Greek word for throw off is the word apotithemi. Say it with me, apotithemi. You get better every week. We'll get that by week four. It'll be great. Apotithemi. And what that means literally is to set aside, to cast off, or literally to let go. He says, in light of this great cloud of witnesses, in light of this cloud of witnesses that stands in your past, and in light of the legacy, the destiny, the purpose, the mission to which you have been called as a people of God, he says, let all that stuff go. Get rid of it. Cast it off that we may run with perseverance the race that has been marked out for us. What I believe is that in an incredible way, the Holy Spirit is going to set some of us free right here this morning from a root of bitterness that's taken up residence in our life. How do I let go of my root of bitterness? How many of you this morning as we begin, you would say, there is someone in my life 
that needs to hear a message about letting go of bitterness. I know someone in my life that needs to let go of a, a, let go of a root of bitterness, right? Oh, you guys all live with perfect people. Very good. Anybody know somebody? It's a spouse. It's a friend. It's a parent. It's that coworker. It's the guy that tailed you all the way to church because you accidentally cut him off. Then you had that awkward moment where you realized you go to the same church, right? That's kind of really <laughs> awkward. Anybody been there? So somebody needs to let go of bitterness, right? We all know that somebody. How many of you would flip it around? And would be really honest this morning, and you would say, maybe I need to hear a message about bitterness. Maybe I need to hear a message about bitterness. Because you see, bitterness is one of those sins that's so difficult for us to see in ourselves. Some sins we can see really easily, but, but bitterness is often really difficult. I doubt many of us woke up this morning and we looked in the mirror and we said, praise God, I am so bitter today. I am so full of, honey, did you know I'm so filled with bitterness? Can you, yeah, honey, I know, you're pretty, pretty bitter today. I, I, I'm just, praise God, I can't wait to get to church for somebody to convict me about my root of bitterness. We don't think that way, do we? Now, in some areas of our lives, we know, right? So if you struggle with a stronghold of anger and, and you, you blow up at the smallest thing, you, you know, I, I've got an issue with anger. Uh, maybe you struggle with an addiction, uh, substances, alcohol, uh, an addiction maybe to, 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 to self-harm, uh, an addiction to, to pornography, and you know in your heart there is something wrong with that. That is not the right thing to be. Uh, some things are really clear. We can see them in ourselves. Uh, for instance, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, Simone and I went to a lunch with some uh, pastors in our uh, community, and we didn't happen to have a babysitter uh, for the day, and so we brought our son, uh, three-year-old son, Lucas, along with us. And if you know Lucas, he is a wonderful boy uh, who refuses to sit still at any moment, any opportunity. And so we were out. We actually were over at Beefo Brady's. Anybody ever been to Beefo Brady's? It's a wonderful uh, Christian joint uh, that also happens to have some gambling machines in the back, right? <laughs> and I don't know why they thought it was a good idea to put a bunch of pastors in the room with the gaming machines, but that is where they put us. And so we were over there, and at some point in the conversation, uh, Lucas kind of snuck away from Simone and I, as he has a way of doing every moment. And uh, by the time we turned around, uh, this is a picture of what we saw. Uh, in case you can't tell, uh, this is Lucas playing the slots at Beefo Brady's. It was one of my proudest moments ever uh, as a dad and as a pastor, right? And so to make matters worse, it wasn't just that, but as we got closer to go over and grab him, we realized that he was holding a piece of paper in his hand. And on that paper, it said, winner. <laughs> Somehow, Lucas had found a slot machine that somebody had paid for or was free, and he had played it. It got a bunch of sevens or strawberry, what are they, straw pineapples? I don't even know, right? Got them all in a row, and he'd won some cash prize. So right as we go to grab him, the waitress comes over, sees that he has a winning ticket, puts it in this machine, and money starts coming out of the machine. <laughs> yeah. Now, it wasn't much money. It was like 60 cents or something, but he was so thrilled. And we all know that's where the route starts, right? <laughs> Today, it's 60 cents at Beef O'Brady's. Tomorrow, it's six million at Vegas, right? So we're so proud of our son. And so we had this parenting moment with Lucas in which we said to him, uh, Lucas, uh, you cannot gamble the rest of your life. 
Uh, you, you, you cannot do this. And if you do choose to do that, then you at least have to tithe on your earnings uh, until our church gets out of debt, right? That was the deal. So we negotiated for a while, and Lucas finally negotiated a settlement where he took his earnings, and he ended up buying a sucker, which you'll see. There he is. This is the face of the most degenerate gambler in Kankakee <laughs> County, right? Praise be to God. Right, that, that, some sins, right, some things in our life are really clear, really easy to tell. Bitterness is not one of those sins. Bitterness is one of the most difficult sins for us to realize. Because here's why. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 12, 15, he says bitterness is like a root. It's like a root. You can't see it. It's beneath the surface, but its impact is so evidently clear. Here's what he says in verse 15. He says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no, say it with me, and that no bitter root grows up to do what? To cause trouble and defile many. He says bitterness is like a root, really difficult to identify, but its impact, its fruit is so very evident. You say, well, how would you define bitterness? How do I know if I'm struggling with a root of bitterness? I think the easiest definition for bitterness is probably this. Bitterness is the result of embracing my hurt rather than God's healing. Bitterness is embracing my hurt rather than the healing of God. It's holding on to that thing in my past, that hurt, that wound, that damage. It's holding on to that more than holding on to the potential of what God wants to do in me. It's embracing my hurt more than my healing. So how do I know if I have a root of bitterness? Two really clear signs. First, if you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Bitterness says, I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. And there's some of us here this morning that that's the state of our hearts. There's something that's happened in our lives, and we've said to ourselves, I will never forget what they did. It, 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 it's, it's a spouse that walked out on you, was unfaithful to you at the worst possible moment of your life. It was a girlfriend or a boyfriend who, uh, a boyfriend that got caught looking at things he shouldn't, a girlfriend that got caught getting too cozy with someone she shouldn't, and it broke your heart. He said, I'll never forget. I'll never forgive. Maybe for you, it was a boss that overlooked you, a teacher, a professor that was unkind to you. Maybe for you, it was a parent, a dad who was abusive, or a dad who was absent, a mom who was too controlling, too protective, too critical, and you say, I'll never forget how they treated me. I'll never let it go. Bitterness says, I'll never forget it. But making matters worse, secondly, is this. Bitterness also says, I'll never admit it. I'll never forget it, but I'll never admit it. And this is especially prevalent in Christian circles, right? So we walk around in our lives, and because Jesus tells us that we are to have the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? And so I'm always supposed to be so joyful and happy, and so I can't ever let somebody see that there is this root of bitterness underneath the surface, so I've got to act like everything is just fine. So we go through life, and, and, and maybe you play this out with me, maybe at church, you, you got this person that you absolutely can't stand, 
And I'm talking about other churches, right? That's not here, but other churches, right? Yeah, yeah, this person that you can't stand, right? And you're telling the person sitting next to you, you're saying, I cannot stand that person. I can't believe what they did to me. I cannot stand them. And then in walks that person, right? And what do we do? Oh, <laughs> it's so good to see you. So good to see you. What do we mean? I have been avoiding you at all costs. I've been avoiding you at all costs, right? Oh, it's so great. I haven't seen you around for a few weeks. Translation, I'd hope you transferred to the Baptist church, right? Oh, we need to get together sometime. We need to hang out, preferably in a dark alley with no witnesses, right? These are the things that we say, and these are the things that we mean. And the worst part is that when one person hears a message like this, and they actually do want to repent, they actually do want to reconcile, and they go up to someone and they say, hey, I... I shouldn't have said that. I, I shouldn't have did that. I'm sorry. I was in the wrong. What do we so often do? Oh, that? Pfft, didn't even think about it. Translation, I've thought about it every waking moment of every day, right? Oh, you know, it takes so much more than that to hurt me. Translation, do that again, baby, and sparks will fly, right? Sparks will fly. So bitterness says I'll never forget it, and I'll never admit it, because it's more important for me that things look good above the surface than worrying about what's taking place below. So, what are we going to do? I'm going to take just a moment, I think, at this point in the message to allow the Holy Spirit to speak words of truth to your life. With whom or about what might there be a root of bitterness in your heart? With whom or about what might there be a root of bitterness in your heart? From the moment we've begun, who is the Spirit placed in your mind? What situation has He laid upon your heart? Because I am convinced that any of us, all of us, carry to some extent a root of bitterness in our lives. Maybe for you it's something you've carried with you a long time. Is that dad or mom who mistreated you or was never there? Is that girlfriend, their boyfriend, that spouse who just didn't do what they thought they were supposed to do? Maybe for you it's something recently. It's an issue with a class or it's an issue with a fellow church member or it's an issue with a, a fellow residential life staff member. It's somebody and just that little thing, that little bitter root that gets in and what happens? It begins to grow. It begins to develop. It begins to blossom and its fruit begins to flourish. With whom or about what is there a root of bitterness springing up in your heart today? Because here's the key, and I don't want you to miss this. Bitterness creates the illusion of control, but the only thing it controls is you. Bitterness creates the illusion of control Bitterness creates this illusion that somehow by being bitter, I'm protecting myself, that I'm keeping myself from any further hurts, that I'm keeping myself from being wounded, that I'll never let that person close to me again. I'll never trust that person again. I'll never have a relationship with that person again. And somehow, someway, we think we are controlling the situation or hurting the other person. But the only thing bitterness is doing is controlling you. Fear, anxiety, bitterness of heart. So how do we get set free? How do we break free from this root 
of bitterness. The good news is that Scripture teaches us that what we release determines what we receive. And this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit would say to us that we have to release something in order to receive something. What are we going to release? First, if you're taking notes, what the Spirit would tell us today is that to break free from a root of bitterness in your lives, you have to be willing to release forgiveness. You have to be willing to release forgiveness. I love how the Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, get rid of all, say it with me, of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. What's the Apostle Paul say? He says, get rid of all bitterness. And how do you do it? By releasing forgiveness into someone's life. You say, well, why would I ever do that? After what they did, after what she said, after how he treated me, why would I ever release bitterness into their life? And the answer is because bitterness only hurts you. Bitterness only controls you. It's a lot like when I was growing up, I don't know if this is still a thing or not, but in my youth group, we had this really cool tradition where the cool guys would crush pop cans on their head. Is that still a thing? That's still a thing, guys? You're bringing it back? Thanks be to God. No? Okay. So they do this. This is what, this is what the guys would do. Is they, we'd be sitting around at youth group, and we'd be really bored, and so the guys would get a pop can, and they would chug it as fast as they could, and then they'd smash it up against their head. And they thought it was really cool, right? So they'd be like, oh, Andrew, I just crushed that can on my head. And the awesome part for me, being smarter than them, was that I was watching them, and, and like, more often than not, they would like slice their forehead open, which was really cool. So like bleeding profusely from their head. So they'd be like, oh, Andrew, I crushed that can. And I'd be like, yeah, man, do it again. <laughs> do it again. It was so awesome. I want to see you do it again, right? Because you're bleeding profusely from your head. That is how bitterness works. We think that we're inflicting pain. We think we're inflicting damage on someone else. But the only thing we're hurting, the only person we're hurting is us. Jesus tells a story about this in Matthew chapter 18. What he tells us is this. He says, when I hold back forgiveness, bitterness holds on to me. But when I release forgiveness, bitterness releases me. Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes up to Jesus, and he thinks he's being really holy. He thinks he's going to shock Jesus with his holiness. So he says, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother or my sister? Should I forgive them up to seven times? Uh, Peter apparently had uh, brothers and sisters a lot like us, right? Had some issues in his family. So uh, seven times do I have to forgive? And what's Jesus say? He says, not seven times. He says, 77 times. Or in some versions, 70 times seven. In other words, unlimited forgiveness, at had a friend once who took the 77 literally, and he was, <laughs> keeping, he was keeping track, like 45, 46. I'm almost done, Jesus. Thanks be to God, right? So that's not how it works. Jesus says, unlimited forgiveness, Peter, and here is why. And he tells this story about a servant who has been forgiven this massive debt. There's no way that he's ever going to repay it. It's literally millions of dollars. And the king is going to throw him into the dungeon, And not just him, but his wife and his children and everything that he owns is going to be sold into slavery in order to repay this debt. So he falls down on his knees and he says, have mercy on me, king, and I'll pay back everything I owe. And what's the king do? 
He forgives the debt. He forgives the debt. Then, inexplicably, the servant goes out, and he finds a fellow servant, one of his friends, that owes him some pocket change, 100 coins of silver. And he begins to choke him, begins to throttle him. He says, hey, pay back everything you owe me. Pay it back. Pay it back right now. And the man says the same exact words that this first servant just said to the king. He says, hey, have mercy on me. Be patient with me. And I promise I'll pay back everything I owe. What's the servant do? Throws him into jail. Him and his wife and his kids and everything that he owns. Just like the king had threatened to do to him. The king, as you can imagine, was not very pleased with this turn of events. So he calls the servant back in, and in verse 33, this is what he says. He says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? And in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should what? Say it with me. Until he should pay back all that he owed. And he says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your hearts. Verse 35 there is really key because most stories that Jesus tells, he lets the listeners figure it out for themselves. Figure it out. Spirit will reveal it to you. He'll speak to you. But this one, Jesus feels so strongly about that he tells them the answer. He says, this is how it's going to be for you if you don't also forgive just as you've been forgiven. What's Jesus say? He says, the longer that I hold back forgiveness, the longer bitterness holds on to me. But when I release forgiveness, bitterness also releases its grip on me. And I'm telling you this morning, there are some of us here today that we need to hear that good word. We need to be blessed because we need to be freed from this root of bitterness that has taken up residence in our lives. Because not only do we get to release bitterness when we release forgiveness, but also secondly, if you're taking notes, we also get to receive forgiveness. We release forgiveness so that we may also receive his forgiveness. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will do what? He'll also forgive you. But if you, say it with me, if you do not forgive others their sins, then neither will your heavenly father forgive your sins. What Jesus says is, this is a matter of eternity. It's a matter of eternity. And he says, some of you are making a horrible exchange with your life. You're holding back forgiveness from people that have hurt you, thinking that somehow that's getting back at them. And the only thing that you're getting in exchange is you're getting more pain and more punishment and more woundedness and more hurt. It's a horrible exchange. It's a lot like a couple years ago, Simone and I, uh, Lucas had just been born. We're walking through life. We're absolutely like zombies. If you've had a kid, you understand that. And we're having another thanks be to God about that, right? And so we're going through life thinking about this. And, and so I'm getting ready for bed and I'm just absolutely exhausted. And I go into the bathroom to brush my teeth. And I put the toothpaste on my toothbrush and I begin to brush my teeth. And I realize very quickly that this is very different toothpaste than I've ever experienced in my life. And if you've been to Walmart, there's like seven 
7,000 versions, I think, of toothpaste. And I've tried nearly all 7,000 because I'm a little bit OCD. But uh, this one was very different than any of the others. And so I've got it in my mouth, and I'm like, oh, this is really kind of odd. And I decide finally to look down at the toothpaste bottle and realize that it isn't um, toothpaste at all. Uh, it is diaper rash cream. <laughs> yeah, desitin, thanks be to God. Um, good news is I didn't have any diaper rash in my mouth <laughs> after that. The bad news is it wasn't toothpaste, right? It's horrible, horrible exchange. And I don't have a single bitterness, root of bitterness in my heart towards anyone who might have put the diaper rash cream where my toothpaste bottle was, <laughs> right? Always in the same place. I'm sure it was a complete accident, right? We make a horrible exchange. We make a horrible exchange. What Jesus says is you make it a bad, you make it a bad choice. You make it a bad choice. When you hold back forgiveness, when you hold it back yourself, then you also get forgiveness held back from you. And so I want us to answer this question this morning as we close. In light of everything that you have been forgiven, do you have the right to withhold forgiveness? In light of everything that you've been forgiven, do you have the right to withhold forgiveness? See, I think the problem with forgiveness is that so often we forget how much we've been forgiven. We say things like, well, they don't even, they're not even sorry, or they don't even care, or they haven't even apologized yet. Why would I forgive them? And then we remember that Scripture teaches us that before we were even sorry, before we even cared, before we had asked for forgiveness, God forgave me. Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 5. He says, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He says in verse 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He says in verse 10, he says, while we were still disconnected from God, while we were still God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. What Paul says is we've been forgiven so much. We've been forgiven so much. We've been forgiven so very much. So why not offer that same forgiveness to someone else? In light of how I have been forgiven, do I have the right to withhold forgiveness? This morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some hearts. As I prepared this message this week, the Holy Spirit has convicted me. And I am convinced there's not a single one of us here today that doesn't have some root of bitterness, some wound, some pain, some scar in our heart that the Holy Spirit wants to heal today. Bitterness is embracing your hurt rather than God's healing. And the Holy Spirit wants to bring his healing in your life today. Jesus, we know that you're here in this place. We're thankful for your spirit at work. We need you to set us free today. Because what we release determines what we receive. We continue in a spirit of prayer, heads bowed and eyes closed. I believe there are some of you here this morning. The spirit has gotten a hold of your heart from the minute you walked into the room. Holy Spirit has spoken to you and he said, you know what? This is for you. This is for you today. This is what you need. This is the forgiveness that you need to receive. You've got this root of bitterness in your heart. And maybe for some of you, it's been there for a really long time. 
been there towards a spouse, towards an ex, girlfriend, boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend. It's been there towards a parent. It's been there towards a teacher, towards a professor. It's been there towards a boss. It's been there towards a friend. Some of you, the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart just today, and you didn't even realize that it was there. But as you look at the fruit of bitterness in your life, you realize, you know what, there is something there. There's some bitterness. There's some anger. There's some frustration. There's some unjustified root of bitterness that exists in my life. And today I need to be set free. The good news this morning is that the Holy Spirit can set you free in a moment. All you have to do is release your bitterness and receive his healing. Bitterness is embracing my hurt more than God's healing. And this morning, I believe there are some of us here today that the Holy Spirit would say to you, today is the day to let go. Today's the day to let go. And you're saying to yourself, I know I need to, but it is so hard. And your prayer this morning is, God, help me. God, help me. So many layers. So much hurt. So much pain. It's been my shield. It's been my protection. It's been what I've kept from getting hurt again. I can't bear the thought of letting it go, but I can't bear the thought of going on like this. And your prayer this morning is, God, help me to let go of my root of bitterness. If that's your prayer this morning, would you lift up your hand right now? Say, God, help me. Thanks be to God. Hands up all over the place. Right now, God, help me to let go of my root of bitterness. Thanks be to God. Who else? I need to let go. It's affecting my ministry. It's affecting my relationships. It's affecting my kids. I'm passing it on to future generations. I don't want that stuff anymore. I got to get rid of it. Anyone else? Hands up everywhere. So that's me. I don't want it anymore. Thanks be to God. Jesus, we love you so much. We trust you so much. We can't let go of bitterness in our lives unless we also take hold of your hand and ask you to lead us. Lord, this morning you've seen our hands. More importantly, you've seen our hearts. Would your Holy Spirit teach us to let go and trust you today? As we continue to pray, heads, ba- heads, heads bowed, eyes closed. There's no one looking around. There are some here this morning, the Holy Spirit has brought you to this moment in the service for such a time as this. There's some of you here this morning, you have had so much bitterness in your heart for so long that it has driven you away from a relationship with God. You might look good on the outside. You might feel like you've got everything together. No one would know it, but in your heart of hearts this morning, you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your heart is cold. Your heart is hard. Your heart is bitter. Maybe for some of you today, there's some bitterness even towards yourself. You'd say, I can't believe I've done that. I can't believe I, I, I did those things. I can't believe I said those things. I can't believe, how could anyone forgive me? There's no hope for me. There's no forgiveness for me. I'm too far gone. And you've got some bitterness in your heart about your past today. This morning, the Holy Spirit has come up alongside of you. has got a hold of your heart. And he said, there is hope. His name is Jesus. He came to set you free. You see, Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin, lived a perfect, sinless life, died a perfect and sinless sacrifice for your sins and for mine. You say, well, why would he do that? He did that so that he who knew no sin could become a perfect sin offering for us. 
He died on the cross, and on the third day, he raised to life so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. And this morning, you're thinking to yourself, could that be true for me? (laughs) Could that possibly be true for me? So much bitterness, so much hurt, all I've said, all I've done, as far as I've run, could that be true for me? And the Holy Spirit says this morning, yes, (laughs) even for you, even for you, and today's your day. Today is your day. Today's the day you start out or you start over in your relationship with Jesus. Because it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've said or how far you've run because he says, I love you. I forgive you. I gave my life for you. And there's some here this morning you say, that is me. That is exactly what I need. I need hope. I need forgiveness. I need release from this bitterness that is taking control of my heart. And I want Jesus with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and all of my strength. I want him. I need help. I need forgiveness. And I need a savior. If that's your prayer this morning, would you lift up your hand high right now? Right now. All over the sanctuary. Thanks be to God, brother. Who else? Right now, thanks be to God. These two down front, thanks be to God for you guys. This man here in the, in the side, thanks be to God. You in the back, thanks be to God, brother. Who else? Say, today is my day. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, brother. Who else? Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. You don't have to live in that bitterness and coldness any longer. Today's the day. Thanks be to God, brother. This is doing a work in your heart. Doing a work in your heart. Here at First Church, no one prays alone. Everyone prays alongside their neighbor as we enter together into the kingdom of God. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I need you. Jesus, you died so I could be forgiven. You rose so I could be set free. Teach me to forgive as I've been forgiven so I can serve you all the days of my life. I'm never turning back. From this day forward, I'm all yours. In Jesus' name we pray. First Church, can you celebrate with me? New life comes into the kingdom of God right here in our midst. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.